The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transformed. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're in the midst of a new series based upon the book, A New Earth. I'm calling the series Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, A New Thought Perspective. Uh, this book is obviously a number one New York Times bestseller. He's been on Oprah. He's on Oprah's, Oprah's network right now doing work with this book. And I just thought that it would be good to look at it from a new thought perspective. Not that he is necessarily disagreeing with new thought, but trying to, trying to bridge language and understanding and hopefully help people gain some insight into his message, which I think is extremely powerful. I'm actually really enjoying reading this book and working with it and trying to connect the dots. So today we're going to do chapter two, Ego, the current state of humanity, Ego, the current state of humanity. Now, before I get into this chapter, what I want to do is I want to read a few pages from uh, the Daily Inspiration for Better Living from June 2013. It just so happens that this is the last daily inspiration I wrote. Haha. But um, I think it works well. Obviously, this is not a book that people can just get now because once they're made, they're made. And once they're sold, they're sold. But I still think it. what I have to read has value, what God gave me when I wrote this. So I want to read um, from four different pages, because I think that it'll put it in the context of of working from the um, understanding of being a spiritual being versus or working from this intellectual concept of human beingness. All right. So from June 1st, last year on page seven, the image of God is what I titled this. I am made in the image and after the likeness of God. What is true about God is true about me. I am God's idea of itself in expression. God is spirit. And since I am the image likeness of God, I am also spirit. The real me is an eternal, divine and complete spiritual being. I am filled with spiritual power and grace. I am God's portable paradise seeking to express my gifts to the universe. I reflect the wholeness of God in every thought, feeling, word, action, and reaction. The reflection of God's spirit manifests in my life as prosperity, health, joy, spiritual understanding, and wisdom. 
Today, I affirm I am the spirit of God individualized. I am whole, powerful, and free, just as God created me to be. I reflect God in all I do and all is well. Again, painting a picture. This is from page seven, the image of God. So for those out there who subscribe to the Daily Inspiration for Better Living, from the uh, which is produced by the Universal Foundation for Better Living, go back, pull it up, and see what you can do with it if you are led. Now I'm reading from page 11, which is I see peace. Again, breaking down the ego constructs of 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 thinking that we're just human beings and a human experience, but really shifting the the mind to create a new context, a new paradigm. So again, this one is titled "I See Peace." Peace is possible in every area of my life. I hold on to, excuse me, I hold on to the truth about God's love. And divine order, regardless of what's appearing, I know that only truth. I know that only the truth about God endures. I see through my perceptions of pain, anxiety, and fear to love, peace, joy, and hope in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit maintains my peace, and it doesn't matter what another person says or does. I remain peaceful. I do not give my power away to appearances. I maintain my peaceful mindset and stay in the flow of my blessings. I am a peacemaker. I see peace in my home, at my workplace, and in humanity. I love easily and forgive quickly. I create the environment I want to see. Today, I affirm, I am the peace of God in action. I choose love. And I am at peace. Again, creating the mental space for what I'll be teaching during this show. Now I'm reading from page 26. And page 26 says the gift of renunciation from the daily inspiration for better living. It states, I have the power to renounce and release any thought, feeling, or belief that isn't for my highest good. That power is my spiritual gift of renunciation. I forgive all erroneous concepts I may have about others and myself. I accept myself as I am. I know God loves me the way I am. I renounce every belief that anyone has power over my life and me. I take control of my thinking and experience divine order. I dismiss every thought that anyone has ever done anything to me. I free everyone toward whom I have ever had an ill thought, and I am liberated. I let go of any sense of separation from God. I embrace my true spiritual nature and walk in my divinity. God and I are one, and I live in this awareness. I renounce and release error thoughts and thrive in God's grace. One more page, and then we're going to move on to the book. Again, setting some foundation for what we're going to be covering. Page 30, I forgive, from the Daily Inspiration for Better Living, June 2013. I forgive. Today I choose to release the past. I choose to be free and stop allowing past hurts and mistakes to rob me of my present and future. I put the past behind me where it belongs, and I am free. I forgive myself. I did the best I could do when I did it. It is over now, and I completely release it. I love and accept myself now. As I forgive myself, I attract new experiences and people in my life to correspond to my new consciousness of wholeness. I forgive others. 
and let go of any animosity, anger, fear, or frustration I have about anyone and anything. I let go of trying to be right, and I decide to be free. It doesn't matter what anyone has done. I decide to be free. I let the love of God harmonize my soul, and I am free. So hopefully that created a a foundation spiritually for us to work with the material. And I just, I'm led right now, even though I wasn't going to do this, I'm being led right now just to take a moment for prayer as before I open the book to start teaching what I prepared. And as we just take a moment to recognize the presence and power of God working in us, through us, as us, realizing that the peace that passes all human understanding is present. Love is present. Joy is present. Supply is present. Wholeness is present. Right here and right now, God is. God is right here and right now. We get, we swiftly step back consciously so the Christ in us, our true nature, may step up and shine through. We recognize that this power that resides in us as our true spiritual nature knows what to do when to do it, and how to do it. Therefore, we follow the instructions of Jesus when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, we recognize that when we understand our oneness with God, our sameness with God, we have it all. We thank you, God, for this awareness. So it is. Amen. Now, let's get to the book. If if you have the book, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, I want you to turn to page 25. And he makes a very powerful statement. He's talking about we don't know really what something is just because we put a word or label or a detachment or a story to it doesn't mean we know what it is. On that page, he says, the fact is you don't know what it is. You've only covered up the mystery with a label. Everything, a bird, a tree, even a simple stone, and certainly a human being is ultimately unknowable. This is because it has unfathomable depth. All we can perceive, experience, and think about is the surface layer of reality less than the tip of an iceberg. It says underneath the surface appearance, everything is not only connected with everything else, but also with the source of all life out of which it came. So when we start to look at life, he's saying, and we look at it surfacely, or this person is this, this person is that, and we get caught up in their actions or how we've been conditioned to look at a thing, we miss the essence of who it is, including ourselves. We're deeper than we will ever know because if God is limitless and we're the image and likeness of God, so are we. The depth of who we are is unmined. You know, that's why they tell the uh, the story um, in, in, in um, Hinduism about, you know, the pantheon of gods. We're trying to figure out where to hide the spark of divinity. And they said, we'll put it in the air. They're like, oh, one day man will, I mean, excuse me, on the top of a mountain, one day man will figure out a way to climb the highest mountain. So we can't put it there. And someone said, well, we'll put it at the bottom of the ocean. They said, one day they'll figure out how to go to the depths of the sea and they'll find it. And according to the legend, one of the gods said, 
let's put it in man, they'll never look for it there. And to an extent, that's so true because we seek God, we seek the divine, we seek wholeness, we seek uh, spirituality, we seek purpose, we seek meaning from every other place than where it really is within. So, so our lives become many times come become only about the attainment of things that can get us what we want, and then when we have the thing that we say we want, we're still not happy because that's not his job to give us happiness. This is why Neil Donald Walsh states that we should enjoy everything and need nothing. Which means have the abundant prosperity, you know, well-being, fun life. Do it up, but watch your attachments. Watch your attachments. He goes on to say, at bottom of page twenty-six, the quicker you are in attaching verbal or mental labels to things, people, or situations the more shallow and lifeless your reality becomes and the more deadened you become to reality, the miracle of life that it, that continuously unfolds within and around you. So what he's simply saying is when we just put things in, in into our mental folders, sort of like you get a lot of information and you start putting things in folders now on, on your email. Now that works at some aspects of life, but in other aspects, once we compartmentalize it, we don't go back and look at it again. And because we don't look at it again, we can miss the gift that is present because we're not present. You know, um, they can be, you can be so busy on the grind that you aren't enjoying the ride. So busy talking about what you don't have that you don't have time to appreciate and thank God. For what you do have. So busy worried about who left that you are not paying attention to who's still around. We have to be careful that we're not attaching verbal or mental labels to things, people, or situations. Because it comes back and bites us in the behind. And it's a way that we stay deadened to life. You know, Les Brown used to tell a story about how um, they would use shock treatment on certain little animals to to figure out years ago, figure out how, um, you know, like say, for instance, some if an animal wanted to escape, they put it into something he was trying to escape. And if they keep shocking it, initially to react and jump away. But and I know I'm butchering the story if he heard me uh, use it. But the point of it was after a while, the animals would get shocked and they wouldn't move. They weren't even present to the shock. The pain was hitting them and there was no response because they were deadened to the experience. You can be deadened in any experience when you're not present to the presence of God in life, which gives us an understanding of oneness, knowing that we're one with the source of all being, the source that we call God. Now, I want to give you the number if you want to call in. The number is 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Call in. Let me hear from you. I also want to remind you that this show is available for free on iTunes and Stitcher. So you can take this show along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio with you everywhere you go by just downloading it to your phone or tablet. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. 
This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today, as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I am teaching from Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, and I want to make sure that you also know that I have a Facebook page that you can get in contact with me uh, that's strictly just for this show. It is called Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. You can... um, See different things I download to the page, videos, quotes, shows, obviously. Uh, you can inbox me, et cetera, et cetera. So you have that information now. Now, what I want to get to is turning to page 27, the illusory self. And he states, at the bottom of the page, in the normal everyday usage, I embodies the primordial era, a misperception of who we are, an illusory sense of identity. This is the ego. This illusory sense of self is what Albert Einstein um, called an optical illusion of consciousness. In other words, he's saying that for most people, when they say I, they're not talking about the spiritual I am. They're not talking about the spiritual nature. They're only talking about the sense of what we call the personality or the ego. Now, Charles Fillmore, who is the co-founder of Unity, uh, really didn't use the term ego a lot. He used the term personality. And if you have a the book, The Revealing Word, which is a dictionary of metaphysical terms that uh, of by Mr. Fillmore. On page 148, he calls personality the sum total of characteristics that man has personalized as distinct of himself, independent of others or of divine principle. Now, what does that mean? That means 
these characteristics a person believes to be them or me separate of divine principle which is God or others in other words this is what makes me distinctive and from everybody else the issue comes into play is when we think that it's separate from divine principle in other words that there's a me and then there's a God in other words there's the disconnect instead of being in God one with God the expression of God the image and likeness of God all right he goes on to Say the word personality is used by metaphysicians is contrasted with the word individuality. Individuality is the real. Personality is the unreal, the mortal, the part of us that is governed by the selfish motives of the natural man. So Eckhart Tolle is saying the exact same thing. Again, the unreal, the mortal, the part of us that is governed. Governed means ruled. Okay. Governed by the selfish motives of the natural man. In other words, you know, the, the, the selfish motives of the natural man, which Eckhart Tolle talks about a lot in this book, how the, how the ego functions to the point that will, it will consume itself wanting what he wants. He goes on to say, Mr. Fillmore on page 148 of the revealing word, that personality is the veil or mask worn by a man that conceals the real, the spiritual I am. Jesus shattered this mask and revealed Christ, the true man of God. All right. He goes on to say, as the true Christ self emerges, personality decreases the real self the individuality begins to express this is what is meant in the gospel of john chapter 3 verse 30 when john the baptist who represents the illumined intellect but still an aspect of personality a a personality that's been spiritualized but not the real thing not the whole shebang he says he must increase i must decrease all right I also want to read this definition, and I want to make sure that I'm putting it in the context of this is a new thought definition from the Revealing Word, page 54, which is on devil. Now, new thought doesn't believe in a being that's separate from God called a devil or Satan or whatever, because we believe in one presence, one power. But how do you wrestle with the concept? So new thought um, normally teaches as adverse states of consciousness. Um and I'm not going to drill down into this, but I think this definition really, really helps what Eckhart Tolle is teaching. He says on page 54, the mass of thoughts that have been built up in race consciousness through many generations of earthly experiences and crystallized in what may be termed human personality or carnal mind, which opposes and rejects God. Now, you can go on and read that on your own when you get the revealing word, but I just want you to realize the mass of thoughts. In other words, this is just as something that surfaces or comes and goes. This is the conditioning of generations and generations of people thinking a certain way. And if you can accept it, the possibility of you living many lifetimes being conditioned in a human way of thinking crystallized in what we may term human personality think about it or carnal mind which opposes and rejects god so when i'm functioning out of this concept of of the egoic mind as eckhart tolle calls it or as fillmore is calling human personality carnal mind that's the only devil we're dealing with that's our devil. The, he goes on to say the devil is a state of consciousness. Consciousness is awareness of being. A state of consciousness adverse to the divine good. All right. He's, now, this makes you have to really think about, okay, so when, when, when 
our fundamentalist brothers and and sisters in Christianity and Islam and Judaism and the, the Satanism and devil that they they're using terminology without realizing that they're dealing with their own thoughts, their own conditioned thinking. That's not just personal to them. It is the conditioned thinking of the collective consciousness. So, you know, people are born into a conditioned way of thinking the moment the doctor smacks them on the behind. If there's, and I don't believe in this literally, but from a metaphysical interpretation, this would be original sin. Not something that the soul has done, but the missing of the mark in consciousness that conditions people to believe that they are not one with God, that they're not one with their good, that something's inherently wrong with them, and that the accumulation of getting whatever they feel as though they need to get, whether that's prestige, whether that's power, whether that's power is a biggie, uh, fame or whatever, somehow makes them who they are instead of realizing that nothing makes you who you are because God already created you perfect, whole, and complete. This is why H.M. Katie states in Lessons in Truth over and over again about bondage in that chapter, Bondage of Liberty, which, which I think everybody should read. And I did a whole show on that, by the way. You can look back on Lessons in Truth, chapter one, Bondage of Liberty, which where she states, every man believes himself to be in bondage to the flesh and to the things of the flesh. All suffering is the result of this belief. Belief is just what you accept is true. You know, and this is what we have to understand. She goes on to say, and I'm going to get back to Tole on page four of Lessons in Truth. Each man must sooner or later learn to stand alone with his God. Nothing else avails. Nothing else will ever make you master of your own destiny. Now, and she goes on to say, and this is in the foreword of the book I have, because it talks about the difference between intellectual learning and really knowing from the depths of your being that you're connected in one with the source of all being. She says, you may study with human teachers and from man-made books until doomsday. You may get all the theological lore of the ages. You may understand intellectually all the statements of truth and be able to pray healing formulas as glibly as oil flows. But until there is a definite inner revealing of the reality of an indwelling Christ through whom and by whom come life, health, peace, power, a all things, a who is all things, you have not yet found the friendship. Of the Lord. It's a deeper understanding, shattering this belief in who we think we are. Back to the book, page 28. Eckhart Tolle says the good news is if you can recognize illusion as illusion, it dissolves. It dissolves. Now, let me just be clear about this. There's no way. Because with the depth of this book that I can cover this book page by page, there's going to be tons of things I leave out as I cover it week after week. I'm only doing 12 weeks. If I to teach this book properly, really properly, would take about a year. Why? Because this book goes head first into humanity's sense of identity. And to really strip it bare requires a lot of work. That's not my intention. You do your own work. Only thing I'm trying to do is give you some tools. Hopefully, the tools will help you. Then it goes into explaining about how people identify with I. He states that, giving an example about a, a kids learning the word I and how they start to identify with objects on page 29. He says this identification with objects, which means investing, excuse me, investing things, but ultimately thoughts that represent things with a sense of self, thereby deriving an, an identity from them. When my toy breaks or is taken away, intense suffering arises, not because of any intrinsic value that the toy has. The child will soon lose interest in it. 
and it will be replaced by other toys, other objects. But because of the thought of mine, the toy became a part of the child's developing sense of self or I. As soon as the child grows up, the original I thought attracts other thoughts to itself. It becomes identified with a gender, possessions, the sense perceived body, a national nationality, race, religion, profession. Other things the I identifies with are roles, mother, father, husband, wife, and so on. Accumulated knowledge or opinions, likes and dislikes, and also things that happened to me in the past, the memory of which are thoughts that further define my sense of self as me and my story. So it's important to realize that the reason why we many times are happy or sad is because of our sense of identity with what we have without realizing that it has us. You know, I have a caller on the line. Um, caller, uh, Yawande on the phone? Yes. yes. Hi. Where are you Hello, from, Yawande? You? Uh, New Jersey. All right. We've talked before. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so as I was reading this chapter, and you're, you're right in the meat of the stuff that I'm trying to, if I'm going to release illusion, and I can see that I'm still dealing with illusion because I think of myself as the little I often, and I'm trying to connect and, and, and feel my insideness with the source of everything. Um, I noticed that he talked about not labeling things, not focusing on the words. Is that one way of trying to release this thing of you're, I'm just the ego, the personality? I mean, what, what is part of the pathway of being able to have that recognition that you're one with source? Well, well, you got to, well, first of all, I can't say do this, do that, and then you'll recognize right. source. So let me, let me just get that out the way. Okay. Um, what I'm trying to do is give tools that you okay. have to use and then you, then, then you create your way. See, I think okay. that, um, what, what people want and one of the traps, uh, of, of the human consciousness, another way of saying ego is that we look for the formula, but you know, like it's chemistry. I do this, give me, you know, two parts of this, five parts of that, one part of this, and voila, I have the, you know, the, the I can turn lead into gold. Mm-hmm. Now, each soul is different from the standpoint of we're all the same spiritually, but each soul has had its own experiences, et cetera, et cetera. So the tools that you use help you get into your own being to help you figure out what you need to strip away, what you need to emphasize, what you need to work on more. You might need mm-hmm. to meditate more. You might you know, you might need to do more prayer work. You might need to do some right. intense forgiveness work. You might need to study more and work with your work from from the standpoint of challenging what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you know that which might mean taking courses or classes or whatever. I don't know. Right. Uh, so, so you know, I I, I think addressing what's in front of you. I, I put it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is not my statement. I, I borrowed this from, um, uh, I believe is from, um, Joe Goldsmith. Okay. This is a paraphrase. Most people don't want to wake up. They just don't want to have bad dreams. Mm. We, wow. we only want, we only want to, to get rid of the sense of humanhood that we consider painful. Not necessarily wanting to walk the journey of what does it mean to really be a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law while still in a body. Mm-hmm. So, so, so one of the, you know, you ask for a tool. One of the tools that you can utilize immediately is knowing when you're labeling things. Okay. And, and let me be clear, you're going to do it anyway. But it's, it's right. one thing to be conscious that you're doing it. It's another thing to not know. So so if you know that you're giving meaning to it, that you're mm-hmm. making up a story around it, mm-hmm. try to work with separating fact from your story. Okay. 
Okay, what actually happened? You know, you know, a person says, you know, daddy didn't love me because he left when I was two. No, your daddy left you when you were two. That didn't mean he didn't love you. That's your story. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That would be a, a recommendation. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. We're go- we're going to take our um, last break. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. a coach in your corner a life coach that is like a coach in sports a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them join certified life coach carla mcclellan tuesdays at 3 p.m for vibrant living on unity online radio each week coach carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused more meaningful and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm covering Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, and we're on page 34. Before I go forward, I do want to um, let you know that you, if you want more information about Christ Universal Temple, you can go to www.cutemple.org www.cutemple.org. We have on-demand videos. You can watch lessons of Reverend Wells uh, in the choir, you know, good music, powerful lessons. Uh, you can get other information as you need to make sure that, again, the ministry is helping you in your spiritual growth. Also, uh, the Universal Foundation for Better Living's Panorama of Truth is July 23rd through the 27th. You can get more information at www.ufbl.org. And there's some powerful speakers that'll, that, that are, will be there. I'll be speaking there as well. And 
um, you can get more information at www.ufbl.org. I would strongly recommend it. It's going to be some, it's going to be a great time. It's, it's in Chicago, Illinois. So if you've never been to Chicago, here's a great time to come worship with the uh, UFBL CUT family, hear some powerful speakers and enjoy the beautiful city of Chicago. All right. On page 30, we're on page 34 now, the content and structure of the ego. The egoic mind is completely conditioned by the past. Its conditioning is twofold. It consists of content and structure. So let me just stop right here. The egoic mind is completely conditioned by the past. That in and of itself means that even though your body is present, your mind isn't. So I'm I'm not, you're not, we're not always necessarily seeing things as they are. We're seeing things through our past conditioning. So I'm not seeing life on its own terms. I'm not seeing the present. I'm not experiencing the present. I'm not feeling the present. I'm not in the moment with people. I'm not in the moment at my job. I'm not in the moment at my social functions. My body might be in church. It might be in the pew, but I'm being conditioned by the past and my mind is somewhere completely else elsewhere because I'm conditioned in the past, which makes me at, then at times project into a future based upon my past thinking and leaves out being present completely. And we need to be mindful of that because, you know, it's really in, it's really in the, the moment that we work with and develop our spiritual growth. It's really important that we recognize that most of the time we're not present. It's really important that we recognize that we're not present. It's really important that we recognize that without a shadow of a doubt, we're not present most of the time. And I'm saying it over and over again, because if we don't get that this conditioning, this conditioning that we claim to not know about is happening so much that we're like fish in the water. We don't even realize that it's happening. We're like fish in the water. We're, we're, we're surrounded in it. We're swimming in it. We're knee deep in it. And we don't recognize that we are. That's really important to, re- to know. Now, for us to, to really free ourselves of it, we need to make sure that we understand how it functions. In other words, there's content and then there's structure. So he states that the content you identify with is conditioned by your environment your upbringing, and surrounding culture. Now, what this is saying is we have factors that condition who we think we are. We have factors that condition who we think we are. And that's really important that we get that because if we don't get that they're factors that condition who we think we are, then they function unconsciously. And it's only by recognizing the illusion that it allows us to actually, excuse me, to actually address them and heal them. Joe Goldsmith would say in some of his books that if you look at railroad tracks and you look far enough, it seems as though the railroad tracks come together, but that's an illusion. They never come together. And he says, when you're seeing appearances of error, they're never true. And you have to remind yourself that they're not true in God. Okay, this experience is a fact, but it's not true in God. This appearance is trying to show up as me going through whatever this challenging experience is. But that's only the meaning that I'm giving it. I hope you get that. It's not personal to you. You are taking on a belief, an identity that's based upon conditioning, the conditioning of your past. 
And when you get that it's your past, you can go forward with power. Now, moving on. He states on page 34 at the bottom, the reason why such acute suffering occurs is concealed in the word my. And is and it is structural. The conscious compulsion to enhance one's identity through association with an object is built into the very structure of the egoic mind. In other words, when he states in the next chapter, when you say identify or identification, you're saying make it the same. Make it the same as I. So I become, as he states on page 35, my car, my house, my clothes, and so on. I try to find myself in things but never quite make it and end up losing myself in them. That is the fate of the ego. That is the fate of the ego. It loses itself in its own delusion. Not just illusion, delusion. Because when we don't recognize that it's delusional to think that we have value or we gain value based upon, for instance, if, you know, in Chicago and and around other urban areas, people who will stand out out in a line outside in the wintertime and fight risk going to jail to get a pair of Air Jordans. That's delusional. But the ego says, if I have Air Jordans, the new Air Jordans that nobody else has, I'll have prestige. I have something of value that other people don't. Now, the shoes might cost $175, but how much are they really worth? The word, I mean, in all, in, in real value of how much it costs to make them, a fraction of that. Now, why is this important? I'm using it because how people identify with things, and and you say, well, I would never do that over a pair of gym shoes. But everybody has things that they put intrinsic worth in that doesn't have any worth other than the worth you give it because we're meaning making machines. To borrow a term from a landmark, so. If I'm always naming a thing, then I'm always making something have value or no value or little value based upon how I think about it. And how I think about it is based upon my conditioning. And how I think and how I'm conditioned to think is working with divine law, which regardless of high or low levels of consciousness will reproduce in to my experience that which is consistent with my thinking. This is important because if we don't get that that <laughs> it's all the same. Some people just have their delusion and you have yours. Because if it's not based upon the understanding and the, that we are spiritual beings, primarily, then we're trying to create and fabricate a sense of meaning and purpose in things that can't give purpose and meaning. It's really important. Now, I'm a big believer in, in getting all the good you can get. Getting all the prosperity that you can that you can experience, living the life of your dreams. I'm a big believer. Teach it. Have taught it on this show, and will continue to teach it. But I don't want anybody that's caught up working with new thought to think that new thought is about the things. That's the byproduct of the transformed consciousness. So. <clears throat> So he says it this way on page 37, but we cannot really honor things if we use them as a means to self-enhancement. That is to say, we try to find ourselves through them. So he asked these questions. Do certain things induce a subtle feeling of importance or, or superiority? 
Does the lack of them make you feel inferior to others who have more than you? Do you casually mention things you own or show them off to increase your sense of self-worth in someone else's eye and through them in your own? Do you feel resentful or angry and somehow diminish in your sense of self when someone else has more than you or when you lose a prized possession? Mm. That that's 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 really important. The last point I want to because I don't think I'm gonna really get into as much as I want to the structure. Um, you know, because I've just run out of time. But what I want to be able to do is encourage you to do your own reading. This chapter is full of diamonds to be mined. He talks about Jesus on page 43, and I think this is really important, talking about Jesus' concept of being poor in spirit. So I think that we need to be mindful of that. I think it's um, something that we could utilize to help us work with. Jesus' teaching was to really help people understand how to really work with our spiritual identity. I want to leave you with this statement of Jesus where he stated in the gospel of Matthew, I think a statement that really helps us. He says, chapter 16, verse 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That doesn't mean put yourself through pain. What it simply says is removing this sense of the egoic mind, as Tolle would say, reducing this human personality, this human consciousness that thinks that it's just about us, our wants and desires, but really recognizing that we're here to be pure vessels through which spirit expresses itself. So every man, every woman has to deny themselves in the sense of deny the error aspect in thought, feeling and belief which then changes words and deeds and then pick up your cross, which in other words, let me release this sense of humanness, not from the standpoint of not enjoying the party and going to the show and the movies and whatever, because that's what people think. That's the, that's easy. Not that, but this sense of attachment or, or, or what Tole calls ego. And then you can follow Jesus into the Christ consciousness. So with that, I'm going to have to end because I've run out of time. Next week, we'll do the next chapter, which is the core of the ego. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. 
A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.